brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. You're listening to Irish Sports Talk. Hello, Nordic fans. Welcome to Irish Sports Talk. This is episode 457. Randall's joining me as well. Randall, how's it going? It's going great. Notre Dame actually has a championship team. Yes. Congratulations to the women. Uh, I didn't watch any of the games, but it's exciting. I'm, I'm happy for them. <laughs> yeah, I did. Um, oh, I was watching the game the other night against UConn, the Final Four game, and uh, that was quite the. I didn't really expect them to pull it off, and in the end, they did. You know, obviously, it went to overtime. Um, it just seemed like Notre Dame kind of gave it away again in the regulation, and then they did go ahead and win in overtime and that last second shot by Ariki, um just insane like that's like a game winner that you talk about for a long time well then they go into the national championship game and <laughs> this was even better i think i mean obviously a bigger game but the shot itself i mean it was good defense it's i have no clue how you make a shot like that but she's obviously the hero um, I guess she's a big Kobe Bryant fan, and uh, after the game against Connecticut, Kobe Bryant had said, tweeted something about ba- which he was there. Basically, you still have to go win the last game. Um, well, she went out and they did win, and she put on a shot, and Kobe Bryant was pretty much he did. I forget what he actually tweeted afterwards, but insane. Um. Notre Dame finally does win its second national championship in the women's basketball. So there's all kinds of things. I saw comparisons. Obviously those shots getting compared with like Latner's shot for Duke beating Kentucky. Um, The Villanova shot was that two years ago beating North Carolina, the last second shot, you know, which one was better. But if you factor in the whole thing, you know, Two games in a row, two shots like that by the same person. That's pretty incredible. So, 
anyways, congrats to them. They did come home today and had a welcome. I guess there was a lot of people up at Notre Dame um, welcoming them back. And it uh, just kind of gives you a glimpse of what winning a championship <sighs> might feel like. It's small scale. I mean, it's women's basketball. It is nothing like football. You can only imagine if Notre Dame did it with football. And uh, maybe this can motivate them even a little more. Well, winning, uh, there's a lot of excitement around it. No question about that. So let's talk some some football then. Uh, Let's start with recruiting. Is there anything new happening in recruiting? Uh, There's been guys visiting. um, Guys continue to get offers. Uh, They're sending out some 2020 offers. But this this week, there's some big visits to Notre Dame. Um, guys are coming in on unofficial visits, and there's some big names. Uh, starting tomorrow, there's two linebackers coming in: Spencer Luke from California, or Spent, uh, not Luke, Spencer and Luke, Spencer Lytle, Lythe and Luke Fulton, both linebackers. Spencer's from Cal, and uh, Luke is from Ohio. Spencer. Um, is a big time guy. I mean, four star guy that already has a visit, and he's coming in kind of a he's getting visiting some other schools this week, but he's stopping at Notre Dame, and Notre Dame needs to make a good impression on him. And then Luke Fulton actually doesn't have an offer yet, but he's hoping that maybe he can get one on his visit this week. Um, and then on Wednesday, they're bringing in a couple more linebackers. Linebacker Brandon Smith from Virginia. Um, he's actually returning for a visit. This isn't his first visit, but he's coming back to visit again. And, uh, he's got quite a few offers. Some guys, some schools even has him as a defensive end, but, um, he is a linebacker or currently linebacker. Then you also have Tristan Sinclair coming with him and he's from California and he also has an offer. And then on Thursday, you got some 2020 guys coming in. Defensive end Brian Breesy, and uh, currently he's the number one player in 2020 class, according to 24/7. So it's Notre Dame needs to make a good impression on him. Um, obviously, they're you know he's a 2020 recruit, so they're trying to get him on campus early. They obviously did that, and uh, hopefully have a good time visiting. And he is from Maryland, and then also visiting will be cornerback. Um, R.J. Mickens, and uh, he is from Texas, and he has an offer as well. So both those 2020 guys will be there on Thursday. And then uh, at the end of the week, you have Ethan Ray, um, a tight end from California coming in. And, uh, yeah, so you got some big names coming this week, mostly linebackers, but... Notre Dame um, will have a full week ahead of them trying to give these guys a good time. And there's obviously spring football, spring practice happening as well. So it'll be a busy day for the, or a busy week for the coaches. So. All right. Brian Kelly did have a press conference, including some of the assistant coaches, Tommy Reese. Um, and there were some player interviews as well on the second half of last week since we recorded last. What were some of the things that you wanted to discuss from that, or was there anything that stood out f- from that? Um, 
it was kind of interesting with Reese. I mean, talking about his past at Notre Dame, being a player, and how it's also easy to sell Notre Dame to these recruits going in on visits. You know, he says he don't doesn't really have to. It's he's been there, he's done it, had you know, wouldn't change any of it, and so it's easy to talk about Notre Dame to these recruits and get excited about it. Um, one thing he did say at the beginning was about being on the field during uh, during games and he was on the field during the bowl game and he liked that and it I don't know if they did that because I was there planning to play both quarterbacks I'm not sure what all the reasoning was behind that well I think that. that's kind of the reason that he gave to help but be able to settle down or just be able to work with the quarterback work with them yeah in a more personal way because it is going to be different than it's not going to be as routine and he said he does like that, but it's up to <laughs> the other coaches whether that's Meaning going to happen. Chip this Long and year. Brian Kelly. Yeah, I, I can't imagine that he's going to be on the field. I mean, I don't know. Usually, it's kind of limited to who all's down on the field, and the quarterback coach is usually up in the booth where he can see things happen. But obviously, he does like being down there. And I would almost say he probably likes it more just being a player. A couple years, I mean. It hasn't been that long since he was playing, and he's used to being on the sideline. So I could definitely see that factoring. But then he talked about, you know, basically with Brandon Wimbush, you know, blocking out all the outside noise, you know, the media and everything people are saying on social media. Um, he even he said they've talked about that to great lengths, and uh, not necessarily. He said it's not an issue, but they still talk about it. And Brandon Wimbush is on Twitter. I've actually seen him. He's been on Twitter the last couple of weeks. Uh, usually he's not. You don't really hear from him. But the last couple of weeks, I'm kind of surprised that he has because it is spring practice. But it is something they do talk about. And I was that's huge for Brandon Wimbush because his issue with football is the mental part of the game. And so I'm sure that gets to him. And Tyree said it did to him at the beginning when he first started playing. And uh, yeah, he even talked about his experience being a quarterback, getting to off-field issues. Uh, he talked about that and how it actually, you know, helped him realize that you know he had to take this seriously. So, um, <laughs> one funny thing, he did say it a couple times. He was saying how he had to throw the ball because he couldn't run. So. <laughs> it's very clear to him. There's no question in his mind that he couldn't run the ball as a player. From where he came from as a quarterback, you'd think he'd be the best quarterback coach to coach passing the football because <laughs> running it was not in his, uh, was not in his tool set. Exactly. So, and while we're talking about the quarterback, Brian Kelly did say that, uh, well, Brian Wimbush was obviously out West and did during spring break and worked with some quarterback coaches and, you know, there's always kind of, we talk about every year, it seems like the quarterbacks always go out there and get some coaching from Whitfield or some of the other guys. And uh, it seems like Whitfield isn't as popular as what he used to be. He used to be the quarterback whisperer. Well, because of John, exactly, because of Johnny Manziel. But that's kind of, I'm not sure what he, where he's at right now, how successful he's doing right now, because it seems he kind of lost a little bit of steam with the top quarterbacks. But anyways... Brian Kelly says, you know, they did talk about it, and they actually are allowed to communicate 
with the guys that Wimbush is was working with. Wimbush obviously has to pay all of it, but they are allowed to talk with them and communicate, you know, so they know what they're working on, what's happening. And you're saying that the coaches communicate with this this specific quarterback coach out yeah. in California or whatever it might be. Yeah. So. Wimbush is doing the right things. Um, it, I mean, it seems like he's doing the right things to get into the game mentally. He's taking it seriously, so no one will know until Michigan. But I think it's pretty obvious the way the coaches start, the coaches talk, and how things are happening. That he is obviously the the number one guy. And Brian Kelly even mentioned that Ian Book isn't. Uh, what was the wording he used? Um. He's spotty in the mornings. He's kind of up and down. So that's just so with what Tommy Reese was saying too. You know, if if Book wants to be that guy, he's got to be the best passer at Notre Dame. I mean, kind of like Tommy had to be. He had to be the best at what he did in order to unseat a guy like Wimbush, or in his case, you know, to try to compete against Golson. So I I would say the way that they are talking, it's pretty clear to them. I don't think they're going to name a quarterback after the spring, but it seems pretty clear the direction that they're heading. Yeah. I I think you need to name it before they did a few years ago when it was Zaire coming back and, and Kaiser. And yeah. I, I, I don't think that'll happen this year because I, I don't think for one thing, I think part of what played into that was the promise. I think part of it was the promise that Brian Kelly made that this is your team and he'll be here when he come back. I do think that played a factor, um, but I don't think I don't. I think it's gonna be different. Yeah. Hopefully they've learned something from that. All right. What else uh, did one you want to discuss? One of the other coach Denson. They did interview Autry Denson. Um, he was kind of asked about the depth at running back, and uh, he said they need all of the guys that they have. Um, he said even like last year, all the running backs they had, they all had to prepare as a number one guy. You can never prepare as number two, and it ended up they needed all of them. So at, with the running backs style of play, just how running back position is, they all need to be ready to go. Um, he did say Jafar Armstrong, you know, obviously he's been taking some reps at running back and Denson did say that he wants him in the running back room. He doesn't know what's going to happen necessarily, but he wants him with the running backs. And it seems like he's doing okay there. Um, but, yeah, he, he wants him there. Um, then he was asked about some strength. I don't think it matters who they put in at running back. As long as Denson's he, – he's going to get the most out of them. Yeah. Whether it's a slight guy like, uh, like Deion McIntosh – you know, a guy, he doesn't weigh 220 pounds. He's not a bulldozer. He's very, a light frame, but he was running hard. Yeah. And I, so it, it does matter. These are good athletes, but Denson definitely gets the most out of them as long as they can stay healthy. Yeah. That's been the the one thing he hasn't been able to take care of is a health issue. I don't think you can put that on him. Yeah. And talking about the weight, Dexter, you mentioned Dexter Williams is actually down to 195 after being up at 215. And he says it wasn't necessarily planned like that. It wasn't like they decided to lose some weight. But Dexter has been – he said he's working his tail off, and that's why he's dropped some weight. And 
it, he said it's not a bad it's not like it's a bad thing um but Dexter they also talked about his high ankle sprain last year and Denson said that's one injury he did not have but that's basically like the worst injury you can get as a running back obviously besides breaking your leg or something but as a first sprain it's one of the worst ones to try to play through um and it seems even what Brian Kelly said that it's Dexter's it's Dexter's time but he did Denson also talked about Jameer Smith um they just kind of asked him what he sees in him and he says he catches the ball a lot better than he expected him to and uh, he's big and physical he says he's cross between speed and power so he kind of got the speed with Dexter and you got a lot of power with Tony Jones so he's kind of that cross um and he says he retains information well so um he's doing good with that as a freshman as a early enrollee um picking up on things and then (laughs) he said Tony Jones never smiles he said he's the angry man in the room so I don't know how and then he he did kind of chuckle after that, so it wasn't, yeah. he wasn't slamming him or. But he's that power player, basically. So that's what Denson had to say. Then uh, he also had access to Dell Alexander. Um, one of the first things he talked about was Miles Boykin, and obviously that's everybody's question right now. You know how good is Miles Boykin? We hear things from Brian Kelly. Oh, I can tell you right now. <laughs> what are you gonna say? Well, I already made my. The early prediction. No, I, I like him. I think he's an intelligent kid. I think he, uh, he. I was really impressed with his hands and the catches that he made, but you can't, you can't go from a slow guy, to a really fast guy. Well, here's what Del Alexander had to say: that why he's different now. Um, he's stronger than he was, and he can actually. He's stronger at the line of scrimmage and can do something. Before this, he was getting thrown around, and that's why he was never able to separate or do anything because he was just a tall, lanky kid that was getting thrown around. Now he's actually strong at the line of scrimmage and doing what he needs to do. So that's the difference. So supposedly, I still I'll, I'll be which shocked. makes sense. That, be... I mean, that is a good enough reason on why he could be better this year. I'm not saying he's going to be the number one, but guy. even then, I still think he's a very situational player. He's got length. He's got great size. Great, great size. I just don't think he's a good, he is a- going good athlete. To be the second leading receiver on the no. team. No, write it down. <laughs> well, you were writing down the other. Don't okay. you? Do you still have a list of our predictions? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and then he also talked about Chase Claypool, and I hadn't really given it much thought before, but he did mention that they're working through some of the barriers of playing football in Canada. Yeah, well, what is up with that? This is his third year playing play, playing American football. But the more I pick up, it seems that that's Chase Claypool's biggest problem is being confused by the goal or by the uh is putting in the work, taking the coaching, and that's why you see him when he wants to, he can go up and make plays, have huge games, and other times when it's probably going to take some work and knowing what to do, he can kind of get lost. So it kind of makes sense. You know, they're, it, it, in Canada, they just, it's not as precise. They, they just, it's more just throw it up and grab it and try to make a touchdown, basically. <laughs> That's in my words. But they're working on some of those things. And 
It seems like he can if he really wants to, but, but I, he's going to have to I, put I don't in think, work to. I don't think playing Canada is his issue. I think the issue, oh, the issue is what you said. He, he, does, he doesn't put in the effort um, mentally and uh, maybe he maybe he had a lot more to learn coming from Canada. Well, I'm but sure it he, shouldn't. Yes. Have, it shouldn't be an issue. Now. I'm sure he had more to learn. But I agree with you. It wasn't ten times as much to learn. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, but he did mention he's in he's angry and physical blocker, and uh, they need to channel his emotion into like the fine details of the position instead of just. Making a huge, thinking you have to make a huge play every time. They need to channel his emotions into every play, being the best you can be and doing the small things right. And, so that's taking, one of the that's that means he's on the bad side of Brian Kelly. The attention to detail that Brian Kelly preaches all the time. At this point, that doesn't sit well for Chase attention Claypool. to detail and taking advantage of opportunities when they arise. Which is why I'd like to segue Randall into our tournament cha- challenge. Uh, I. Took the opportunities available to me and put in the work. And on the second chance tournament oh challenge, I I got ninety eight point six percent right. I am I am leading right now in the second chance tournament challenge, and that's what Chase Claypool needs to do. Take advantage of the opportunities <laughs> as they rise. When he gets a second chance, apply yourself. You should write this down and send it to him. No, you have an example. Yeah, um, but it is true. I am leading the group. It's a small group. There's not a lot of people in there, but I'm still winning. And then since we're on the, let's just get the the main tournament challenge, the original tournament challenge out of the way as well. Uh, the the leader of that one is Michael1291. And then Elganya and Anthony J. Adams. And then Randall in at number four. Are you surprised, Ruben? I am surprised. And I have Villanova winning. But the problem is I can't get higher than second at this point because currently first place has Villanova as well. So, You know what's really impressive about the third person, Anthony J. Adams? He had Virginia being the champion. And he's still <laughs> and he's in third still place. still in third place. Yeah. Very impressive. He, he can't get any more points. But obviously the rest of his bracket was very good. I didn't actually look at it. I have to go look at it then. Um, my my bracket's name was Ruben will be victorious, which is true in the second chance <laughs> one, just not here in the original. Uh, I'm 20th, and then our friend Tony, uh, where did he go? Or he, I think he was 23rd. He, he's moving up. He's getting close to you, Ruben. Yeah, he is. The problem is you guys both had Virginia winning. Yeah. So, so we will be giving away a, a shirt, the shirt. To the winner of that, and let, anyway, let I just segued into there. Let's go back now and continue talking about Notre Dame football. Um, just to finish out the wide receivers, uh, obviously they've got more freshmen coming in this summer, and Alexander tells his guys that at some point, you're, every wide receiver is going to get replaced, and it's up to you guys when that happens can be after you leave or it can be before you leave. So these guys have to step up because there's a lot of speed coming in this summer, and so the guys need to take advantage of this spring. Um, yeah, uh, Micah Jones was one guy that they mentioned that's chasing tail. He's just trying to keep up, being a young guy, just trying to take it all in. So he's kind of out and uh, 
Yeah. Armstrong has slowed down a little bit, but he's doing the work he needs to. He does – he's doing the most off-field work out of the wide receiver group is what Alexander said. I mean, he's the guy that always has everything ready to go. So he's he's putting in work. But, as you recall, Denson wants him in the running back room as well. So um, actually, he'll probably be a guy that's kind of <laughs> moved all over as needed. I honestly think that he'll end up playing running back just because of depth issues. And then Avery Davis, do we know anything more about him? Is going to be? Do you think it's going to be certain packages that he might be on the field? I don't know. I mean, that's what it seems like. That's how he's going to get on the field. But still, when it comes to game day, it's hard to get those plays. Notre Dame seems to always be in a close game. They don't really have a chance to implement some of those things, so I I don't know how they're going to use him. I don't think it'll be as a running back. Maybe they'll well they could bring him in. You know, to it'll be interesting to see what what happens on uh, for the spring game. If he does, he get on the field at all? I think he will. Oh, he will in the so, spring. So where is he going to be? Where do we see him the most? And again, doesn't necessarily mean that's where he'll end up being on the field. I think he'll even play fall, qu- but he'll play quarterback in the spring game. But I don't think that's a good indication of where he'll be at this fall. Yeah. Okay. All right. What? Uh, Just was some, there any other position group or news you wanted to discuss? Um, the offensive line kind of had a shuffle up this week from what they have been doing. Um, Brian Kelly was asked about it as well on Thursday. Um, they had. Liam Eichenberg at left tackle, Tommy Kramer as left guard, which Brian Kelly said was his first day at guard. And then uh, Mustafa obviously at center. That's not going to change. Alex Bars at right guard and Robert Hainsey at right tackle. So uh, Hainsey had been working out left tackle, but they moved him back to right, which is what he played last year. Um, this lineup kind of makes sense because Eichenberg, you know, practiced as left tackle last year but they're they're just switching it up um they kind of know what Rulin can do I think Rulin's going to play quite a bit but maybe there's probably going to be more of a rotation this year than what obviously had been last year you had two guys rotating but I don't know it's like Brian Kelly said they want to figure out what position guys can play so obviously putting in Kramer at guard was was one of those steps to see what he can do as a guard. But I don't, I don't think we'll see more of a rotation than last year. I don't, I don't think there will be two positions that will be constantly the, rotating. The snaps will be divided up, not constantly like that, but the snaps will be divided up more than they were last year. Last year basically had six guys. This year there's going to be seven or eight guys that are going to get snaps. I don't think so. Yeah. No. <laughs> so uh, there's just that much ta- There's just that m- many guys that can play. Well, the and re- their first, a lot of them will be first year starters. The, the and reason, so, the reason, or at least two of them. I don't think that'll happen because I think it adds too much confusion and lack of uh, cohesion to True. that unit. Here's the problem: it worked good with Hainsey and Kramer yeah, last year. Yeah, one, so, one position. I know you're talking about know. adding two, two two additional guys to the mix. Yeah, I don't know, but that's something they are working on. Um, and when Brian Kelly was asked about who's having a good spring, Liam Eichenberg was the guy that he's mentioned. So 
I think by the time it's all said and done, he's going to be the left tackle. I think I, 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 I like the lineup. I like that lineup right there. When spring started, I think we both had Kramer as a right tackle. But I, th- I think yeah, I think I, we did. I do think he's probably going to end up playing on the inside be- because Eichenberg seems to have stepped up, and Hainsey was a be- was better in pass protection. Yeah. So. Um, there were some guys missing in practice this week, academics. They've had some exams and different things. So just because they weren't at practice, some guys meant Jay Hayes, Jen Mark Heath, some other guys, just because they weren't at practice doesn't mean that there's something going on wherever they had academics. Um, one move that was made, Houston Griffith was moved to safety and to see what he could do there. Obviously, they're very comfortable with what they have at cornerback, but Obviously, they're still working on things at safety. And then with that, Brankula mentioned that Nick Coleman uh, is getting some work at the nickel position. So maybe that's part of the move with having Griffith move to safety. Um, And Coleman did actually practice at the nickel position two years ago before he moved to safety. But it seems like Crawford, Julian Love and Crawford will probably be the starting corners and then You've got, you know, you got to figure out who's going to play your nickel, what you're going to do there. I mean, you've got a couple options, but they want to see what Coleman can do there. Because. Well, and you, you, also, you also have Nick Watkins there, too. As yeah. A you have Watkins, Pride. I mean, I'm not sure what's happened with Dante Vaughn. We haven't heard much from him. But Coleman could maybe. You know, if you go into nickel, you're probably taking that rover off the field. Mm-hmm. So maybe as a safety, they're kind of looking at him, you know, maybe playing at that nickel rover, you know, kind of that in-between guy there. Um, but they're they're just make, moving things around, see what guys can do. And it sounds like um, Loie Gilman is going to be a starter at some point. So that's one that I'll have to remind people of that because I did think he was going to be a starter at Notre Dame, even though a lot of people didn't. So. Um, I, I didn't. I don't know if a lot of people didn't. And then uh, Brian Kelly also talked about Dexter when I talked about him early. He said, you know, he's a third down back and he's finally playing above the, or practicing above the line. He said other years, like last year, he was below the line as far as what he needed to do and he's practicing above the line as he's a three down back. Um. So that's about it. Um, practice continues, and we'll keep following it. Sounds good. If you want to, head on over to the forums, forums.irishsportstalk.net. Follow us on Twitter, at Talk. There's updates over there. Uh, even, not even more than just Notre Dame football news. If you're a basketball fan, we have some, don't go in-depth, but tweet out some of the highlights as well. And we'll be back next week, next Monday, with another podcast. Talk about spring practice. Probably have an update we'll on the, the recruiting. We'll have the winner, uh, person who will win the shirt, and probably some other Notre Dame related news as well. So until next time, go Irish. Go Irish. Every day, 
we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.